Thank you, Mom. Praise God. It's good to be in the house of the Lord. Get some feedback now. And I uh, want to get right into our lesson again tonight. Amen. Pick up where we left off last week. And we were talking last week about hospitality, giving the hospitality and 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 using hospitality for the purpose of growth, amen, and witnessing and being examples, amen. And then we got to talking a little bit about the five basic needs. We was moving into the five basic needs and we was talking last week about things that we're to provide, amen, both natural and spiritual things. And this gives us the balance of life that we need, amen. And we saw that, you know, as a provider, we are to provide food, both natural food and spiritual food. Paul says, if any provide not for his own house, amen, he is worse than an infidel, right? And denied the faith. Denied the faith and worse than an infidel, amen. And so we want to make sure that we are providing. We are doing what God's Word asked of us. And this is why it's essential that we study the Word of God and hide the Word of God in our hearts so that we are following His example and doing what His Word tells us. As He told Moses in Deuteronomy 26, if you do these things, you're going to be blessed. But if not, you'll be cursed, amen. And we don't want to be cursed. We want to be blessed. Every child of God should be blessed. Amen. And so it comes with having that understanding. Now tonight we want to get into uh, water. Number B on you, there are five basic needs. Amen. We're talking about water, both natural water and spiritual water. And John chapter 4, verse 5 through verse 10. John chapter 4. We, we know the story of the woman of Samaria. You know, if you've been around the church any time, a period of time, you know that Jesus came to Samaria. The Bible said he had need uh, to pass through Samaria. You know, and you look at this this uh, city of Samaria and the place, Sychar, which was once called Shisham in the Old Testament. Yes, why you, uh, it is not, isn't called Shisham in the New Testament, but it's called Sychar of Samaria. And as a result, we know the story of Jacob when he came from his uncle Laban. The place he came was Shisham. Or a sidecar, and it was there that his two sons Levi and Simeon killed all the males of Shisham. Amen. It was there at this place. Amen. And so here Jesus comes, and they, then come he to the city of Samaria, which is called Sychar, near to the parcel of ground that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Why is this important? Well, you begin to realize as Jacob was getting ready to go off the scene, he blesses all his children, but he had given this parcel of land to, to Joseph well before, amen, they had been gone into captivity. Now, Jacob's well was there, amen. And Jesus, therefore, being wearied with his journey, I know you guys don't get weary with your journey, he set this on the well. He said this on the well, and it was about the sixth hour. Then cometh the woman of Samaria to draw water. Jesus said unto her, Give me to drink. For his disciples was gone away unto the city to buy meat. 
Then said the woman of Samaria to him, How is it that thou, being a Jew, asked a drink of me, which am a woman of Samaria? For the Jews have no dealings with the Samaritans. Jesus answered and said unto her, If thou knewest the gift of God, and who it is that saith unto thee, Give me the drink, thou wouldst have asked of him, and he would have given you living water. Amen. Notice, living water. From that reading right there, you can pick up three key important things. First of all, the place. Second of all, the position of Christ. And the third thing is the promises. Usually you can always follow Jesus by those three things. The place, the position, and the promise. Okay? You can always follow Him in that. You know, when you go back and you study, you see He always sent them to a place. Or He went to a place. And then you need to find out what was the position. What kind of position did He take up while He was there? And then, what was the promise that he made while he was there? And if you follow that, you begin to realize that when the writer of Hebrews 6, 9 says, For when God made promise to Abraham, because he could swear by no greater, he swore by himself, saying, Surely, blessing, I will bless you, and multiply, and I will multiply you. And so, after he had patiently endured, he received the promises. Amen. So as we look at the night, both natural water and spiritual water here, the body, they say, is made up of what? 60% of water, give or take. We constantly lose water on a day-to-day basis by going to the bathroom. Are we out working? We sweat. So we lose a lot of our natural water that is in of us. And even from a child... Uh, when I was going to school, they always told us in the health class that you needed eight eight-ounce glasses of water a day or about a half a gallon of water a day because that's about how much you use uh, that you need to replenish. Uh, and so, but a lot of people don't drink that much water. See, you know, so the eight-by-eight eight rule would apply. Eight ounce, eight glasses. Eight times eight, 64, comes up to a half a gallon, Right. <laughs> Give or take, right? All right. So if you drunk eight eight ounce glasses of water, you will probably stay pretty hydrated. One of my jobs, and I think I shared this with you before, when I was in the military as a logistician, was to calculate how much water each man would need per day in the military. You know, the army averaged one gallon of water per man per day. You know. And so we would have to take, based on the strength that the army has assigned to a division or corps or whatever, since I was working on a corps staff, we had to look at it from a corps standpoint. And so, and as a result, I would have to step down and determine, based on that strength number, because if the unit went to the full strength capacity then I would have to calculate how much water that would be per day for that core, how much vehicles I would need to move that amount of water, you know, and all this and what the other units. So it was kind of time-consuming position to do. 
You know, and it comes down to other things. You know, in logisticians, you always provide in supplies. And, and the key thing is everybody needs water. Everybody needs water. And so we need to have water to drink. You know, water goes bad, but not spiritual water. <laughs> you know, you, you know, there's things can get into the natural water. The natural water can dry up. As we can see in the book here of First Kings, amen, in verse chapter 17, verse 1 through 10, we know that God, after Elijah had prayed, that it would not rain, it did not rain for what? Three and a half years. And so water is now very precious. You know, we was praying last week for what? Guam and places like that. And we heard, you know, Brother Tolstad Sandy his Sunday talked about, you know, the drought and things in Africa and stuff. So a lot of places out west, California, some of the places, the desert areas a lot of times, you know, the water, you know, can become a major resource for, for people. You know, when hurricanes or tsunamis and things, one of the first things they try to get to those people is what? Water. So we provide them with water because if you have water, you can usually sustain until you can get food. You know, and so this is why you must provide water, you know, clean, pure water because we need to have this water. So here's Elijah. At during this drought, God tells him, he says, you go to the brook, amen, and it will sustain you there. And isn't it amazing that God has a crow bringing him, a raven rather, not a crow, but a raven, uh, bringing him food to eat, and he's drinking water at the brook. Amen. You know, but all of a sudden, you know, notice what happened. The, the brook dries up, but God is still what? Providing for him. Even though the brook dries up, God tells him, go to Zeph now. He says, I've already got a woman there to sustain you there. And as Elijah coming to the city of Zeph, you know, this woman, she's going out to get two sticks, amen, to, to fix her last handful of meal. And as she's going, Elijah said to her, bring me a, a little drink of water, you know. And she went to go get him water. And he says, and oh, by the way, bring me a little cake. You know, so we see that he needed water. You know, and it's the same with you and I. We need water. We need to have that natural water as well. Amen. And so we, the Lord says to uh, Jeremiah, Jeremiah 2.13. Jeremiah 2.13. The Lord says, my people have committed what? Two evils. They have forsaken me, the fountain of living water, and hold themselves out cisterns, broken cisterns that can hold no water. Amen. You see, and God says, they're going for me now, the spiritual water, and they're trying to do this thing themselves. See? And they hold themselves out broken cisterns that cannot hold water. Praise God. And so this natural water and spiritual water, we need both. We need both of them to be able to sustain. Amen. When Jesus was on the cross, amen, in John chapter 20, we see that he says what? I thirst. You know, there comes a time that you're going to thirst. See? 
And Jesus even talking about giving a cup of water in His name. You would not lose your blessing or, or your direction or your gift. Amen. You won't lose the things that He has given you if you give a cup of cold water in His name. Stay with me this night. Amen. So now, here, even Abraham's servant, when God, when Abraham sent his servant to find a wife for Isaac, the servant, you know, is kind of thinking, man, how in the world am I going to do this? How am I going to make this happen? You know, but he prayed and he says, God, let the woman that comes that lets down her pitcher and draw and, you know, and I ask for a drink. She give me a drink and she give up my camels a drink as well. And here comes Rebecca, you know, the first woman. It wasn't long, you know. He got, she comes and he's there and he asks for a drink. She lets down the pitcher. She gives him a drink. You know, she runs back and, and watered the camels. Natural water. Amen. To let us know that God will provide for us as well. Amen. And so Abraham's servant does uh, pray and ask God for th- this provision to be used as well. Now notice, amen, the conversation now between Jesus and the woman at the well in John 4. Here is Jacob's well is there, the Bible lets us know. And Jesus comes and where does he go? He goes and he sits right on the well. He knows that she is there. And this is an example when a soul is hungry for more than natural things. Amen. They, God will get and position himself in a place to where they have to come to him. Jesus lets us know that no man can come to the Father but by him. Amen. So if she's going to get this natural water, she's going to have to converse with him. And so and as a result now, they begin to converse. He's sitting on the well. She comes to draw water. You know, and Jesus says to her, give me the drink. And she said, how is it you being a woman of Samaria asked me, I mean, a Jew asked me, a woman of Samaria, for drink? You know we have no dealings. And Jesus says to her, if you knew the gift of God and who it was that says unto you, give me the drink, you would have asked of him, and he would have given you living water. Amen. And we know that the conversation continues here. Amen. So when we have that spiritual thirst now, there will always be that you're going to want more. There's going to be that that dryness in your life that's going to hit sometimes. And you're going to need that drink of water from that well that never runs dry. Amen. You're going to thirst in that barren land that you're going through. And you're going to need a drink from the fountain that never runs dry, excuse me, which is Jesus Christ. So if there's a need for a spiritual thirst, then Jesus will fill it. This is why he says in John 7, 37 through 39, in the last day, the great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried and said, If any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. For out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. This spake he of the Spirit, that they that believe on him would receive, because Jesus was not yet glorified. Amen. So he knew that there will be more thirst. 
Alcohol won't satisfy your thirst. Amen. Things of this world, pop is not going to satisfy your thirst. Powerade and all these things are not going to satisfy your spiritual thirst. Amen. So you need that spiritual drink. You need that drink. Amen. So when you're thirsty for spiritual things, Amen. You can be filled. And Jesus knows that He relates this to the Holy Ghost. <clears throat> Excuse me. There must be also a need of want of inward replenishing. Inward replenishing. Amen. And, <clears throat> excuse me. In Proverbs 30, verse 15 through 16, Solomon says, there's three things that are never satisfied, and four things say not, it is enough. Amen. And the first thing he says, <coughs> that says not is enough, is what? What is it? The grave. The grave is never satisfied. <laughs> it always want another dead body. You know, the next thing he says is never satisfied, the barren womb. Women wants children. You know, and then the third thing he says is the ground, when it don't have enough water. When it's parched, it wants more. And also the fire, which says not, it is enough. But I will add a fifth. <laughs> and, I, and I know the Bible tells us not to add to nor take away from the Word of God, right? So don't, don't go out and say, Pastor's preaching false doctrine, okay? But the fifth is the inward soul. That is void of the power of the Holy Ghost. It will never be satisfied. There's always going to be that longing for more. We should always earnestly seek for the more of the things of God. And the way that we go after the spiritual things is we have to addict ourselves to the things of God. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 16, Amen, I think it is, I can't remember where it's in there, but I know it's in 16, I think it might be about 14 or 15. But it said the household of Stephen had what? They have addicted themselves to the ministry. Amen. They have addicted themselves to the ministry. In other words, they are sold out for the things of God. For the ministry to the saints of God. If we will addict ourselves to just getting another drink. The alcoholic says, man, i got to have another drink. The drug dealer says, man, I need another fix. Amen. You know, or the smoker says, I just need another cancer stick. You know, we, they, they, they can't get enough. So that's the way we should be for this living water. This is why David, amen, as you realize, you remember what David says when the, the enemy, the Philistines, was around the walls of Jerusalem. David says, oh, that I might just have a drink from the well in Jerusalem. And his three mighty men broke through, amen, and got him a cup of water, amen, and brought it back to him. There was something in David that says, I want something from the house of God. I want a drink from the fountain here, amen. And this is what we've got to have, that eagerness and zeal for spiritual things. The living water that Jesus is referring to is the Holy Ghost, amen. 
if you really want to realize it's the gospel because once you get the gospel, everything else begins to flow from that. And this is what we need. Amen. We can never be satisfied with just, oh, I got filled with the Holy Ghost Sunday. You know, no. I need to be filled every day. I need to have a drink every day. Paul says, I thank my God I speak in tongues more than you all. Amen. You need to be filled daily. You need to get into a relationship where you say, I'm going to renew. I'm going to be addicted to the things of God. And this is what God wants. You want that inward replenishing constantly. And Philipp- I mean, Acts chapter 3 verse 19, Peter talks about the refreshing. Amen. When the refreshing shall come. We want to be refreshed every day. And this is what the Holy Ghost does. And, you know, you, you get down to that, 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 that creek, if you want to put it that way, and you begin to, to drink of that living water that you never thirst again. This is what you want to drink in a day-to-day basis. So Jesus has promised that He's going to pour out His Spirit. So every day we should be filled. We should be filled. Amen. First Corinthians 10. They repent, therefore, and be converted. That the locked out. That are, times are refreshing. Amen. These are times of refreshing. Every day should be a refreshing. Just like if you went outside and you worked, you come in, you got yourself a good cold glass of ice water and a nice shower, you should be refreshed. Amen. That's what the Holy Ghost does is it refreshes you over and over again. 1 Corinthians 10, 1 through 4. Paul says, Moreover, brethren, I would not that you should be ignorant how that all our fathers was under the cloud and all passed through the sea and was baptized in motives in the cloud and in the sea and that all have the same spiritual meat and they did all drink the same spiritual drink. Amen. Moonshine. <laughs> Mountain Dew. Yahoo! Tickle your inners. Amen. They all had the same spiritual drink, for they drank of that spiritual rock that followed them, and that rock was Christ. Amen. Notice, that rock was Christ. Amen. This is why Jesus says, I will be in you a well of water springing up. Amen. Now notice, Paul says that rock followed them. See, the Spirit was over them in the day leading, and the fire at night behind them. The children of Israel had need of nothing. Nothing. From the time God brought them out, they had need of nothing. All they had to do was obey, listen, and walk straight to the promised land. Because, see, God had made promise to Abraham that his son would, descendants would go into captivity, but he would bring them back to the very place that he promised them. See, God didn't bring you and I out to leave us. This is what Moses is saying. He brought us out of the world to carry us in. And he's going to provide for us on this journey. Amen. There's going to be water that we can drink all the way. 
There's spiritual food that we can eat all the way. We're not going to be left without. He's, he's a, God is a man of war, and so therefore He's going to provide for His troops. Amen. And so He's going to provide those things that we have need of because He knows we have need of these things before we ever ask of them. This is why I said earlier, part of my job in the military is a logistician. You plan ahead. You know, we go before. Logisticians are the first ones go and they're the last one comes back. You know, the plan is already in place to know what the soldiers is going to have need of. I know they're going to need clothes. I know they're going to need food. I know they're going to need water. I know they're going to need fuel. I know they're going to need bullets. I know they're going to need barbed wire and concertina wire and ammunition. I already know that. Amen? Because of the doctrinal that is established. So my job is to prepare it and have it ready. Whether it's out on a ship in the middle of the ocean, whether it's in a storage warehouse somewhere in the middle of a country that you might not even know about, it is there for them. You know, you, we go in and we get there early and we go and we coordinate with locals and buy food and everything else to have for them clothes or whatever to provide for them before they ever have to ask for it. And God is no difference. He's a man of war. He knows what you have need of before you ever ask of Him. He's got it. Whatever you need, God's got it. And He's waiting to give it to you. But you got to ask. You know, if you run short, see, so you have to, so Paul says that rock that followed them was Christ. All Moses had to do was speak to the rock, and the rock would have gave him the water. But he decided that people made him mad, so he decided to smite the rock. You just can't hit God like that. <laughs> you know? but, but notice, amen, that rock that followed them was Christ. Amen. And Moses even called them a bunch of stiff-necked, disobedient people. But... Even though he smoked the rock, God still sent forth water. And as a result, you stop and think about the number of people that would need to drink. Really, when he smoked that rock, the amount of water that had to come out to provide for those people would probably be in a river. You know, easy. it It had to run a lot. You figure, mostly the Bible talk about 600 men of war. Don't include usually family, children, cattle, and all that stuff. You know, it, it usually just talk about the 600,000 soldiers or whatever, or half a million soldiers or whatever. But you stop and think about all those people need water to drink. And God knows. Amen. And so the rock followed them, and that rock was Christ. Amen. Amen. And so... Paul lets us know here, and we look at John 19.34, but one of the soldiers, amen, when he pierced Jesus in his side, what came out? Water and blood. Amen. We see that this is correlating with the New Testament plan of salvation. John also tells us in 1 John 5.8 that there's three that bear record in the earth. The Spirit, the water, and the blood. And these three agree in one, which is Jesus Christ. Amen. And so the natural water and the spiritual water comes together. Jesus says, except the man is born again of the water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. Amen. 
So, the new birth process here that is dealing with also natural water and spiritual water, the spirit, the natural and the spirit, they come together, as he told Nicodemus, that you must be born again. And Hebrews 9, verse 18 through 26, the Lord says, I meant Paul, writing here, he says, Whereupon neither the first testimony was dedicated without blood. Talk about the blood. For when Moses has spoken every precepts to all the people according to the law, he took the blood of calves and goats with water and scarlet wool and hyssop and sprinkled both the book and all the people, saying, This is the blood of the testament which God have enjoined unto you. Moreover, he sprinkled with blood both the tabernacle and all the vessels of the ministry. And almost all things are by the law purged with blood, and without the shedding of blood there is no remission. It was therefore necessary that the pattern of things in heaven should be purified with these. But the heavenly things themselves with better sacrifices than these. For Christ is not entered into the holy place with hand, made with hands, which are of the figure of the true, but into the heavens itself, now to appear in the presence of God for us, nor yet that he should offer himself often as the high priest entered into the holy place every year with blood of others. For then must he have offered he hath offered have suffered since the foundation of the world. But now once he is the end of the world, hath he appeared to put away the sins by the sacrifice of himself. So notice the blood, the water, and the spirit, they agree in Jesus Christ. Amen. The new birth process. And this is why Jesus told Nicodemus, you've got to be born again of the water and the Spirit. Amen. So we need that natural water. We need that spiritual water so that we can drink and never thirst again. And Psalms 36, 9, David writes, for there, for with thee is what? A fountain of life. Notice. With thee is a fountain of life, and in thy light shall we see light. Amen. For with thee is a fountain, amen, of life. This is what Jesus is saying to the woman of the wall. I will be in you a well of water. This is what the Lord is saying to Jeremiah in Jeremiah 2.13. My people is committed to evils. They left me the fountain of living water. See, when you walk away from God, you're going to thirst. You're going to thirst for things that cannot satisfy. Amen. Only Jesus can satisfy your soul. Only Jesus can make you completely whole. Only Jesus can restore the dryness that you have in your life. Amen. You've got to drink of the water. With thee is a fountain of life. Amen. The fountain, <laughs> amen, you just got to stay connected to the fountain. You can draw, amen, continue. He says, I'll be in you a well of water springing up to eternal life. In him is life. This is what John says in John 1. In him was life, and the life was the light of man. Notice, in thy light shall we see light. 
Amen. When you look into the Word of God, as David says, Thy Word is a lamp unto my feet, is a light unto my pathway. When you get into the Word of God and you study the Word of God, it will reflect right back to the first part of this to show you that He's the fountain of life and you can drink and never thirst again. Jesus don't want you to thirst for other things. He wants you to thirst for Him. He wants to feel that quenching of your soul. Amen. He wants to feel that dryness that you have in your life. He wants you to be filled, bubbling up to eternal life. There is a fountain. There is a spring. Amen. This is why the psalmist says in Psalms 48, there is a stream, a river that shall make glad in Psalms 48. Amen. 46, 48. 46. Amen. He says there is a fountain. A river that shall make glad. Amen. I think it's like verse 4 there. Amen. I'll let her get there. Amen. Notice, there's a river. The streams whereof shall make glad the city of God. The holy place of the tabernacle of the Most High. Who's there? Verse 5. God is in the midst of her. She should not be moved. God shall help her and that right early. There's a river that's running constantly. Amen. What's on both sides? What did John see in the book of Revelation? A river clear and crystal proceeding out of the throne of God. Amen. Living water. Amen. That you can drink and never thirst again. This is what God wants. What did Ezekiel see in Ezekiel 47? When the angel brought him, where did he take him? He took him to the tabernacle. He brought him to the altar. And as a result, amen, the water is issuing out from all sides of the altar. Amen. And as a result, the angel takes him to the river, to the banks of the river. And notice what happens as he brings him to the banks of the river. He passes across and the water is at his ankles. He brings them back across. Now they're at his knees. He brings them back across. They're at his waist. He brings them again, and the waters is up here. They're big, high that he cannot even swim in. They're so high up. Amen. Where are they coming from? They're coming from the altar of God. Amen. To let you know. And then as Ezekiel goes on and tells you that everywhere those waters run, They will be for the healing of the nations and the dry places. He sends them to the dry places. Amen. This is you and I. When we have the water in us, we become living water. Amen. The springs that are inside of us. Amen. So that others can drink from us. Amen. When those out there in the world are dry and they don't know what they need, when we go share the gospel of Jesus Christ, what are we bringing to them? We're bringing them a cup of cold water. We're bringing the refreshing to restore them, to bring them to life. Because that's what the gospel is, the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. So when we share the truth of God's Word with them and we can get them to drink in the living water, we get them a drink, amen, and they'll be refreshed and renewed and restored. And hopefully they will always want to continue to drink from this same fountain. 
mountain. Amen. This is why the children of Israel had to walk with them all the way. Amen. He was there for them. They had the same spiritual meat, the same spiritual drink. For they all drank from that rock that followed them, and that rock was Christ. What did David say in Psalm 23? Surely goodness and mercy is going to follow me all the days of my life. So if I want to drink, all i got to do is drink. <laughs> Anytime I want to drink, I can get a drink. That's all i got to do. As I began to worship, as I began to praise, as I began to study His Word, as I began to lift my voice and praise, there's something that began to swell up inside of me. And as a result, it began to bubble over. You remember those songs we used to sing? It's a bubbling, it's a bubbling, it's a bubbling in my soul. I feel it, God's Spirit. Since Jesus made me whole, some folks don't understand it. But this one thing I know is bubbling, 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 bubbling in my soul. Amen. That's the way it should always be. There should always be a song in your heart. Amen. This is why Isaiah says he's giving you a garment of praise for the spirits of heaviness. That you might be called trees of righteousness, the planet of the Lord, that He might be glorified. And He goes on in Isaiah 55. He says, as the snow comes down from, uh, the rain comes from heaven, and the snow comes down and watered the earth, that it might bud and bring forth balls, I meant, and bring forth seed, that it may give bread to the sower and bread to the, seed to the sower and bread to the eater. So shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. It shall not return void, but it's accomplished that which I send it to accomplish. Amen. It's coming down. Look, did it rain your way this morning? It rained at my house this morning. See? God knows I need rain. My grass, I need, I need some rain. I need some water from a tomato plant. <laughs> you know, he knows what I have need of. Amen. He knows what we need. The, the natural water, He knows. You know, even in Africa, I remember years ago, somebody sent out a thing that the astronauts, as they was, was traveling, that their sonar system picked up a river. Over Africa. And, and there was a river that was flowing underneath the sand. And they didn't even know it. Water was constantly flowing. Just think about all the water tables under the earth. I can remember when we was kids and, and we was getting our first electrical pump to pump water. Because I was so used to getting it that way. But the guy came and he says, if I can just... Get through the rock. <laughs> That's what they say. We got to drill through the rock to be able to get the good water. He says, I could stop so deep and you could get some. He says, but if I get through the rock, then the water will just keep flowing by itself. Amen. Brothers and sisters, if we can just get through to the rock. <laughs> And we just drill down a little bit deeper sometime. Amen. And just go ahead on and drill with your praise and your worship. Amen. And get down in there so it will not stop flowing. It will be flowing constantly. I'll be in you a well of water springing up. 
unto eternal life. Amen. In other words, Jesus is saying, I will be in you. You will never thirst, and it will take you all the way that you reign with me forever and ever and ever and ever. You'll never be thirsty again. Amen. This is what he wants. His promises. Amen. This is why he came. To fulfill his promises. Amen. His position, his place. Amen. He sits and he stands and says, Oh, everyone thirsts. In Isaiah, he says, Oh, everyone thirsts. Come ye to the waters. And he that have no money, come by wine and milk without money and price. Wherefore do you spend money for that which is not bread and your labor, which that satisfy not? Hearken diligent unto me. Come, eat and let your soul delight itself in fatness, and I will make an everlasting covenant with you, even the sure mercies of David. Amen. You know it shouldn't be thirsty. Amen. You should be drinking constantly from this living water so that you never, never, never thirst again because He promised you, I will be in you. A well of water. Amen. Springing up. Unto eternal life. So with thee is the fountain of life. And I'm so, and in his light we shall see light. Amen. The fountain that's flowing. Amen. Revelation 21 6. I'm almost there. I got two minutes. Yes, sir. Revelation 21 6. And he said unto me, It is done. I am Alpha. And I am Omega, the beginning and the end. I will give unto him that is a thirst of the fountain of the waters of life for 20 bucks, $30. You got to buy this water. Walmart say your case. No, he says, I will give it to you what? Freely. Freely. It costs you nothing. You can't buy the Holy Ghost. This is why Paul and Peter told Simon, your money perish with you. And I say that you thought you could buy the gift of the Holy Ghost. It's free. Amen. Everything God's got is free. You don't have to pay for a thing. God's promises are all yes and amen. Amen. He paid the price. <laughs> he paid the debt I did not owe. Amen. He did not owe. I owe a debt I could never pay. Praise God. It's free. Notice what he said. If you're thirsty, I give of the fountain of water of life freely. This is why he told the woman at the well, if you knew who it was, was asking of you, you'd ask him. And he would have given it to you, that living water. It wouldn't cost you anything. All you had to do was just ask. You know, and then what she said, sir, give me that water. <laughs> that I never come here and draw again. <laughs> I need the thirst. Amen. Praise God. This is it's free. Everything God has for us is free. That's why we should supposed to be so blessed. See? Because we're his children. Everything he's got is free, so we're supposed to be blessed and highly favored. You ask me, what, what I, who am I? Why am I blessed and highly favored? Because I picked the whole card, I guess, to know that everything God has got is freely.
spiritual. Stay in the Word of God. 